This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman learns to his horror that Apollo has plunged from its orbit and is now being destroyed by the powerful burning rays of the sun. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, the news that Kellogg's Pep is putting out a brand new series of comic buttons is spreading, as they say, like wildfire. All the fellows and girls in the gang are talking about these new comic buttons and making plans to collect all 18 in the series. And no wonder the Pep comic buttons you've been collecting right along are so doggone smart-looking and such fun to collect that, well, who wouldn't be excited about this new series? They're brand new funny paper characters, you know, like uh, Goofy and Beezy from Harold Teen and, and Flash Gordon and Toots and Casper and, of course, Superman himself. Why, every single one of them looks just as real as in the comic. The ring's adjustable, too, so it's easy to fit right on your finger yourself. Now, to get your own Superman Crusader ring, ask Mom to get you a package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Send the box top along with 10 cents in cash and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40, that's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. You got that? Send one Kellogg's Pep box top, 10 cents in cash, and your name and address clearly printed to Superman, Box 40. That's 4-0, Battle Creek, Michigan. Don't wait, gang. Remember, this is the very last day. Send for your Superman Crusader ring right away from P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, the atmosphere on the planet Apollo, where he had come on an errand of mercy, caused Superman to lose all his strength. And with an elderly scientist named Thane, he was imprisoned by the Raz, the tyrannical ruler of the planet. Reviving momentarily, Superman seized a lighted torch and threw it into a lake of sacred oil, having discovered that the gas created by the burning oil somehow restored his strength. But as a great sheet of flame arose, the infuriated giants hurled Superman into the blazing lake. As we continue now, a great crowd is collected in the Valley of Flowers, watching in awe as the mountainous flames leap skyward, consuming the Raza's temple, and billows of black smoke darken the clouds. Curiously, the big colored drawings face Thane and Marlow, who have been captured by his giant guard. Listen. It is you, Thane, and your daughter Lalo who are responsible for this. 
you who have destroyed both my temple and the spring of sacred oil. Oh, you devastated one. We meant only good. Aye, it was our hope to revive Superman, and with his help to save all on this planet. You hear no lies? Vain admits conspiring with the evil spirit. He who calls himself Superman. He is not an evil spirit. He comes from the planet Earth to help us to save ourselves from destruction when our planet leaves its orbit and is carried into the sun. Aye, but now Superman is gone. That means an end to us all. Fools! Think you still to trick me with this talk of our star being carried into the sun? Gods! Take Clayton and his daughter Lalo and this slave on the ground and cast them to the fires of my temple. No! Wait! Do what you will with me, but spare Lalo and the poor slave. Farewell, traitors, and a happy journey to the star of the dead. Stop! <laughs> Put Clayton and Lalo down. And or two. Who is this strange creature who drinks with oil? I know not, Oral. He dropped from the sky. Put them down, I said. No! Gross has ordered All right! Ah! Remember, you asked for this. Father, who is this? I cannot understand, Superman. I thought you perished in the lake of blazing oil. On the contrary, the fire revived me and apparently just in time. I, I thought Lalo and I had breathed our last. Tell me, have all men on your earth this amazing power of flight? No, but there's no time to go into that now, Payne. No telling how long my strength will last. Before your atmosphere weakens me again, there are things to do. First, I need a sample of your atmosphere to take with me to Earth. To Earth? Yes. Got to get back there at once and let our scientists try to build me some defense against your atmosphere. Then I'll come back. You, Thane, you said you had a laboratory. I? Do you have a pressure-proof container? Perhaps this metal, your mental telepathy helmets are made of, in which I can take back some of your atmosphere? I, I have, in my laboratory. Where is that? Below there, in the woods. It was necessary to hide it from the Ra's and his jealous astrologers. Those woods down there? I? Down! His eyes are still closed. Don't worry about him, Lalo. Got a bad knock on the head, but he'll come around. Now, that atmosphere sample, Payne. It is here, Superman, in this metal ball. Good. Listen to this, Superman. My instruments register a temperature far higher than any known here. And these on which I have attempted to gauge the action of our planet in its orbit perform strangely. I am unable to understand it. You're probably being drawn closer to the sun every moment. There isn't a second to waste. Now, tell me, where can I take you so you'll be safe from the rods until I return? Do you not take us with you to your Earth? I wish I could, Lalo. Since I can hardly breathe on your planet, the chances are you and your father couldn't breathe at all on Earth. Aye, uh, that sounds reasonable. Tell me quickly, what safe place on this planet can I take you to? Why, uh, let me consider... Hurry, Thane, hurry. Why, not the village of our cousin's father. Aye, Lalo, that is good. They will hide us there until Superman returns. Hurry, then. Come outside and we'll get started. Where is this village of your cousin? Beyond the distant mountains there, where lie the lake of silver mercury. Mercury? Aye, it was there I fashioned many of my instruments. I see. All right, up with the work first. There we are. Are you, Lalo? Oh, you're as strong as an out giant stranger. Only my strength holds out till I get back to Earth. Up with you now, Thane. <laughs> All right, hold on now. Up! Up! And away! Mercury below, and the village of our cousins lies just beyond on the side of the Black Mountain. I see it. I'll drop you on that ridge just above the village. Down! <laughs> All right, here we are. What are those queer shrill sounds? Oh, those are the teacups. The what? 
A tika creature is half bird, half fish, Superman. It lives both in the sea of mercury and in the silver leaf trees you see there. What a paradise this would be for our naturalists. Are these creatures harmful? No. There is harmless as houseback. Good. I can leave you then. I, I. What is it, stranger? I don't know. The heat or the atmosphere is beginning to weaken me. I, I'd better get started while I can. Goodbye to both of you, and unless something happens to me, I'll be back very soon. May the great being protect you, my son, and carry you safely. Thank you, Payne. Goodbye, Lalo. Farewell, noble stranger. Good luck to you both. Up and away! <laughs> In the air above Apollo, Superman pauses for a moment to wave to Payne and Lalo, two tiny figures on a mountain ridge above the sea of Mercury. Then he turns and streaks away and presses onward with the speed of light into the terrors of space itself, bound homeward for Earth. Homeward bound from Apollo, Superman has passed beyond the orbit of the planet, beyond its last vestige of atmosphere. It's now streaking through the awesome cavernous reaches of space itself. His amazingly keen eyes are fixed on the tiny green-tinted sphere of Earth, where it rotates on its axis between the white star of Venus and the lurid reddish glow of Mars. Eagerly, fully realizing the importance of his mission, Superman calls on his powerful muscles for their final ounce of speed, forgetting for a tiny moment that he is speaking across the path of the sun. Suddenly, he flashes through a vast prismatic gap of half-light, feels himself immediately stricken as with a billion sharp hammer blows. His body becomes numb and his flight is slowed. What happened? I, I'm stopping. I must go on. Away! Oh, I can't. My strength leaving me again. Strength. Strength, God, not that way. I'm being drawn. Hard to touch. Oh! Seeing himself drawn toward the great merciless white ball of heat which is the sun, Superman fights as he has never fought before. Fight for his very life, knowing that he is drawn into the violent immeasurable X-rays of the sun. Even he must be destroyed. I, I must get away. I must. Pain. Apollo, all of the planet Apollo will be doomed unless I can save him. I must get back to work. I, I must. Away! Desperately. Well, just what does that mean? It means that Apollo has already left the temporary orbit in which it was revolving around its own moon and is now lost in space. Great Scott, then. Then somewhere in space it's being controlled by the sun, being drawn into it to be burned and disintegrated. Oh. No. Now, not even you, Superman, can find and save the poor doomed souls on the planet Apollo. <laughs> Catching his breath, Superman sees in his mind's eye his friend Thane, the young girl Lalo, and all the other helpless beings on the strange planet Apollo. As in his ears, rings the voice of Dr. Millicent repeating... Now, not even you, Superman, can find Apollo and save its inhabitants. Is Superman helpless to avert the catastrophe? Must he stand idly by while Thane, Lalo, and millions of other human beings on Apollo are destroyed? You can be sure Superman will not stand idly by, even though he must risk his life again in an even more hopeless cause. Tomorrow we'll see what he does, and we'll find out just what is happening on the planet Apollo. So be sure to be with us then. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. (laughs) 
Superman is the copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg, Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Serial, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman zooms to the heavens on a mission of mercy in a last effort to save Apollo from doom. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McClellan. Well, uh, news certainly gets around, doesn't it, gang? Most every fellow and girl I know is all hepped up about the brand new series of comic buttons in packages of Kellogg's Pet. One kid tells another until everybody's excited at anything. And for good reason, too. These new Pep comic buttons are something to cheer about. Eighteen new and different comic strip characters done up in full color on gleaming white buttons that look mighty nifty pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And what a circus it is collecting them. First, you get the surprise of finding out which buttons inside every package of pep you open. And then, you get the fun of swapping duplicates with your pals. You'll want to collect Flash Gordon and uh, Brenda Starr and Cindy, Spud from uh, Winnie Winkle, and the little moose, Pat Patton, Tess uh, Trueheart, and Chief Brandon, and Vitamin Flintheart, and Superman, and all the others. So, remind Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's pet, because that's the only way you can get these new comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but there's an exciting prize in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And there's good eating, too, because these are the whole wheat flakes with a sunny golden toasted flavor that gives breakfast a lift. Yes, sir, you'll like Pet, and you'll like the prizes in packages of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Now, the adventures of Superman. Pointing out that the planet Apollo was now lost in space and presumably being drawn into the sun. Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist, pleaded with Superman to give up his idea of searching for it because of a fear that he would almost certainly be destroyed. But Superman insisted on making an attempt to save the inhabitants of the doomed planet and, equipped with a device to sustain himself in the strange atmosphere of Apollo, rocketed away. 
As we continue now, he has passed beyond the orbit of Earth and is once more in the vast, awesome reaches of space, searching for the lost planet. Speaking in great looping arcs, he approaches closer and closer to the blazing white-hot sun with ultra-powerful rays and tremendous magnetic pull almost conquered him once before. No sign of Apollo yet. Nothing but space. Emptiness. Mm, Dr. Millicent was right. Like looking for a marble in the Pacific Ocean. But I've got to find it. I... Huh? Oh. oh, what happened? I'm getting weak. Direct rays of the sun are... Cosmic rays must have caught me again. Got to get away from them. Fast. Away. There. I'm all right now. I must be careful. Sun is like a terrific magnet, and I can't keep fighting it forever. If I'm going to find Apollo, I'd better find it quickly, or I'll be done for. Away. Once more in a titanic battle with the sun, the mightiest force in the universe. Superman darts, shields, streaks in tremendous flights and whirls, like a flashing meteor himself, disdaining death as he searches for the lost planet Apollo. Meanwhile, like a rudderless ship lost in an endless sea, Apollo moves through space, drawing ever nearer to the all-consuming sun, whose great heat has already caused forests on the doomed planet to burst into raging flames. Rivers and lakes will evaporate into nothingness. From its fire-gutted temple, the Ra's tyrant ruler of Apollo has gone to his summer palace on the hills above the parched valley of flowers. With the Ra's are his astrologers and court favorites. But many of the terrified people in an ever-swelling torrent have followed their ruler to the hills above the valley where, surrounding the palace of metal and clay, they seethe and panic. Inside the palace in his council room, the beak-nosed Ra's sits cross-legged on the floor with his two chief astrologers, Zama and Kree. Fear is written in the lines of his swarthy, perspiring face. The golden circle on his forehead stands out like an angry ring of fire. Suddenly, he leaps to his feet, rushes to a deep vent in the thick wall. He jerks a heavy curtain across the vent, shutting out the noise of the crowd below. Then he strides back to his astrologers, fury for the moment vanishing his fear. You hear them, my astrologers? You hear the hateful noise of the rebel who, in their fear for their lives, lose their fear of me? Soon, unless something is done, they may even rise against me. Nay. They dare not, O oh, universal one. They dare and they will. They think the star we live on is being consumed in heat and flame, and they would rise against me before they die. But our star cannot be consumed. Tell me then, Zama, how came the far snow-capped mountains to crumble like sand yesterday and then disappear? Why, I... And whence comes this frightful heat, which causes our forests to blaze into fire of themselves, and our rivers and wells to dry up, and our crops to die? It is the traitor Thane who is to blame for all this misfortune. Aye, Thane, and the evil spirit with whom he conspired, he who called himself Superman. Between them, they have brought this evil upon us. That is so, sire. Perhaps you were right. It was Thane and this Superman who warned that our star would move into the great sun and be destroyed. Perhaps they have caused this to happen. My sire, if only you had heeded our counsel and turned Thane into stone at once. When first we acquainted you with this treachery. It was the princess who interceded for him. Also, I feared his power with the If I but had the villain Thane here now, my giant slaves would make him die slowly and painfully. Do your spies search for him now? I can find him. It is my belief that when Superman flew from our star, he took with him Thane, the girl Lalo, and the giant who aided them. But Superman could not have taken Thane and the other two from our star, Uras. What mean you, Kree? You saw them fly away? Hey, but we say Superman is a spirit from a star of the dead. Thane and his daughter still live. They could not go to Superman's star without killing them. That is true. Superman must have deposited them somewhere upon this, our own star. Hmm. I had not thought of that. But if that is so, then why have my spies not found Thane? My orders were to search everywhere in every village. 
I will have the captain's corps in here at once. Here is Claw now, sir. Ah, corps, I would speak with you. What is your wish, Gerard? I know that Thane must be somewhere in our land. I command you to find him at once, or your life will be forfeit. I have come to report that Thane has been found, O Universal One. What? He has? Aye, he was found in the village of his birth, on the ridge above the Sea of Mercury. Good, excellent. Where is the villain now? Below, in the valley, sire. Bring him to me at once. That may be dangerous, sire. Dangerous? What mean you? Many of the people surround Thane. They say he warned of this calamity which has come upon us. If we attempt to harm him, we may precipitate a revolution. Who speaks of harming him, fool? At least at this moment, hear me, Captain. They proclaim that I seek his wise counsel. Say that if he will come to me now and aid in saving our star, anything he asks shall be his. Anything. But how can you offer this, Oroz? He will ask that you free all of our subjects. Let him ask, and I will promise. I will even promise to advocate for my throne in Thane's own favor if he asks. No, 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 no. silence. Thane, with his magic, is the only one who can save us from destruction. That is with the aid of Superman, the evil spirit with whom he is in league. When they have done what we wish, I shall finish them quickly and then... Conveniently forget all my promises. Aye, <laughs> of course. You are wonderfully clever, old Raj. Hurry, Captain. Carry my message to Thane and escort him here at once. Planning to trick Superman coming to his aid, the despotic Raj waits for Thane. Unaware that at this very moment, Superman is exerting every effort of his great strength and will in a search for the lost planet. In the limitless reaches of space, the Man of Steel has begun to circle the sun, fighting off its terrible numbing rays, flashing away from the deadly streams of electrons pouring throughout space from sunspots. Half-blinded, he steals his eyes from the sun and continues to push onward. I can't go on much longer. Getting weaker. But Spain and Lalo... Everyone in Apollo will be lost unless I help them. Oh. Oh, those rays. They're worse than a hundred cyclotrons. Where is that planet? Maybe Millicent's right. Maybe it's already been consumed by the sun. It's... Wait. What's that? Far off there. But that... Yes, it looks like Apollo. Great shot. Now I don't see it anymore. Did my eyes play a trick on me? Oh! Hoping against hope, Superman urges his tired muscles into another burst of speed and streaks away in the direction where he thought he had seen the doomed planet. Did he see it? And if so, what has happened to it? As Superman makes a final desperate effort to locate Apollo, the elderly white-bearded thing, weakened and sad, has been brought into the presence of the Raz, who pleads with him craftily. I will grant freedom to everyone in this land, as you have so often asked me to do, only say... But I tell you, there is nothing I can do, sire. It's because he does not wish to wait us, Ron. Quiet, Summer. Hear me, Sam. Save us, and you shall have even my throne. I will abdicate in your favor. That will not be necessary, Roz. For in but a short time, you will abdicate in favor of the great being. Speak not thus. It is you who can preserve us. Nay, not I. Earlier, perhaps, with the aid of Superman, he whom you scorned and seek to destroy... Now it is too late. It cannot be. It must not be. Summon Superman to come back and help us. Oh, if only I could, sir. You must. You must. I use something. Once do so again, I beg of you. I tell you, it is impossible, sir. It... Oh. What is that? Great God. It sounds as if the end is near. The whole planet shakes. Caesar. The whole valley is cracking. Speak, man. What is this, man? What happened? I fear we have now come so close to the sun that our car splits and breaks apart in the sun's heat and terrible rays. I... That is the end. Hey, hey, it is not so, thing. Save us! Save us! Would you like, Not for your sake, but for the sake of the 
countless millions on this star who must suffer for your blind lust for power. But now nothing can be done. Our faithful end is at hand. Thrown from their feet as another titanic explosion seems to shake and rend Apollo apart, the Ra's and his terrified astrologers wail in loud anguish, while Thane is quiet and resigned. Is this the end of Apollo and his people? What a Superman half-blinded in fate. Is he chasing a mirage, and is he too doomed? Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and action, fellows and girls, so be sure not to miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Superman dashes blindly to rescue Apollo, the planet appears to be crumbling in wild tremors of disintegration. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, I'll bet that if I just whispered that Kellogg's Pep is putting out a brand new series of comic buttons, all you fellows and girls would know about it quick as a wink, because that's a secret that'd be mighty hard to keep. It's such swell news that you can collect 18 new and different Pep comic buttons, like the other ones that made such a hit with all the gang. Yes, sir, 18 new funny paper characters to collect and a wear pinned on your jacket or your dress and cap. Comic buttons like uh, Brenda Starr and, and Flash Gordon and the inspector from Captain Jammer Kids and Superman himself. You won't want to miss out on a single one of them. And you'd hate to miss the fun of trading duplicates with your pals, too. That's an exciting transaction every time. Believe me, everything about this brand new series of Pep comic buttons is exciting. Like the surprise you get when you open a new package of Kellogg's Pet. That's how you get these comic buttons, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but you get a comic button in every package of Pep. And you get some mighty smooth eating, too, because Pep is strictly terrific when it comes to sunny, golden-toasted flavor. That's the Sunshine Cereal Gang, P-E-P, Kellogg's Pep. Ask Mom to get you some today. And now, the adventures of Superman. As Superman, pitting his life against the mighty forces of the elements, searched through space for the lost planet Apollo, the planet itself was being drawn steadily toward destruction by the blazing sun. Already fires rage in Apollo's forests. Mountains have crumbled, rivers and lakes have dried up, and the people are in panic. Meanwhile, believing that Thane, an elderly scientist, had conspired with Superman to bring this disaster to Apollo, the Ra's, tyrannical ruler of the planet, craftily offered Thane his throne if he would summon Superman at the first final destruction. But before Thane could reply to what was obviously a ruse, terrific explosions began to shake Apollo, and the elderly scientist cried out, I'm here! This is the end! Our star is splitting apart, and no one can do anything to help us now! 
explosion after explosion rocks the planet. Dama and three the court astrologers have been thrown to the floor, where they huddle in terror. As the beak nose draws his swarthy face contorted with fear, grovels on his knees before Thane, whom he mistakenly believes can save them. Listen. Only you, Thane, can aid us now. I beg of you, do not allow us to be destroyed. But there is naught I can do, sire. You can yet save us. You must. It is too late. Our fourth star, torn from its orbit, moves into the merciless fire of the sun, whose terrible rays even now rend it to pieces. Withdraw us then from the sun. Oh, no, if only I could, sire. Summon the evil spirit you brought here before. He who calls himself Superman. You and he brought this evil upon us. Nay, we did not. We sought only to warn you of this. Well, then can you not now protect us? Do this thing, and I will abdicate my throne in your favor. I will do anything. I tell you, sire, there is nothing. Always you condemn me for enslaving the people of this star. Save us now, and I will set them free, I promise. But Kree and Zama are witnesses to my promise. Save us, and all shall be on the star as you desire. I, I only help us, Faith. You are fooled and coward. Faith, with destruction, you grovel in fear. Think you to save yourselves by righting old wrongs? Aye, we were wrong to enslave the people. They shall be free, Thane, I promise. But you must save them and us. How can I, a mortal man, bring miracles to pass? You can summon Superman. Aye, his powers and your magic can save us. Yes, summon him, Thane. I cannot summon Superman. I have prayed that he return and save my daughter Lalo and all the other innocent helpless ones on this star. And so he promised. But I fear he is unable now to find us. He may even be lost. This is the end. We perish. and his astrologers wail in anguish, certain that their end has come as a violent explosion shakes the palace to its foundations. But unknown to them, and even to Thane, the thunderous explosions are not signaling the destruction of Apollo, but are caused by Superman in his effort to save them. Having finally sighted the lost planet in space, Superman, in a last desperate effort to counter the gravitational pull of the sun, is attempting a superhuman feat. Like a titanic battering ram, he is driving through the solid surface of Apollo, down through the rock and soil and subterranean waters and strata of the planet, pouring, plunging to its very core. Finally reaching his goal, the man of steel releases in monstrous jets of pent-up gas, the hitherto unknown vapor fires with flash and thunder and flashing energy up through the passage he has created. I think this is working. At least the planet has stopped moving toward the sun. Now, now to bore through another spot to make a second jet of power. Away! Again and still again, the man of steel drives through the surface of Apollo. It's almost blown back into space by the tremendous jets of power he releases. Pausing only to catch his breath, he drives back still another time and another, piercing to the core of the planet. Vapors, gases, boulders, water, and oil burst forth with him. Now, like some gigantic ball, the planet Apollo spins faster on its axis, then gradually retreats from the sun to find its own safe orbit and rotate there once more. Then Superman fills in the tunnels he poured into Apollo's core, and it slows down to revolve normally again. A renewed satellite in the solar system. On Apollo, the inhabitants look at each other with dawning hope in their eyes. The ground is once again firm beneath their feet. The air is cooler, and soon rain begins to fall, feeding the parched soil and rivers and wells. In the palace of the Raz, as Thane looks on, the beak-nosed ruler and his two astrologers leap and cavort gleefully until they sink down exhausted. And then the Raz calls... Hear me, Zama! You have a way with words. What is your wish, O Universal One? I would have you publish a proclamation to the people. Say it is my wish that tomorrow will be a day of celebration dedicated to me in gratitude for my saving my loyal subjects from destruction. It shall be done, sire. You! You would say that you saved them, sire. So I wish it to be said. 
Do you object, then? Certainly I object. Since it was not you who saved our star from being carried into the sun, but rather some miracle, which at the moment I cannot rightly understand. Nor do the people understand. But we will lead them to believe I am their savior. And being stupid rabble, they will believe, and so complain less of their luck. Is that not true, my astrologers? It is true, sir. Oh, you are wondrous clever, oh, my rod. Nay, not clever, but wicked. Nor are the people rabble, as you call them. They are human beings, entitled to the freedom you promised. I promised them freedom? Aye. You said if we were preserved, you would grant the people their freedom. You said, too, that you would abdicate your throne. I remember saying nothing so absurd. Did I, Summer? Certainly not, sire. Did you hear me say what Saint claims, Cree? Never, sire. Saint lies as usual. Nay, it is you three who lie. Now that you are delivered from destruction by the sun, you would return to your former ways of holding the people in slavery, treating them as cattle while you continue to fatten on their toil. Of course they are cattle. But how dare you say to your rod that he lies? It is treason. Saint should be turned to stone for his blasphemy. I shall go to the people and say the truth. That not you, but a miracle saved them. That you cowered in fright as they did. And that you promised their freedom if our star was spared. You shall say nothing to them. I shall. I go to them now. Thank you, soul. God, seize this traitor thane and hold him prisoner. And bring here to his daughter Lalo. Nay, let me go. The two shall die at once. Then shall the people be told that Thane, who all know conspired with the evil spirit Superman, brought us to the brink of disaster from which I saved them. They will not believe you. I shall so write it, sir. A clever plan. The rabble which supports Thane will be one away from him. I Fetch the girl, Lalo. This time we wait not to dispatch them. They die at once. Oh, no. Held fast by giant guards, Thane struggles helplessly as other guards rush out to bring in Lalo, who will be executed with her father. As the Roz was condemning Thane and his daughter Lalo to die, Superman, having paused to rest from his tremendous labors, has gone to the distant village on Apollo where he had left Thane, Lalo, and the giant Ord. Wearing the half-mask connected to the nitrogen and oxygen cylinders on his back and the mental telepathy helmet of the Apollonians, Superman finds the village entirely deserted. Alarmed for his friends, he takes to the air. And several miles along a narrow highway, he sees Ord and drops to the ground beside the giant. Ord, wait! Uh, oh, it is the spirit who flies Superman. That's right. Tell me what happened to everyone in the village. Where are Thane and Lalo? The wise old one and his daughter were seized by the soldiers of the Raj. What? When was this? Two, perhaps three days gone, when first came the strange thunder and the snow-capped mountains disappeared. And all that happened, I have lost trace of time. Where did the soldiers take Thane and Lalo? Where but to the presence of the evil Raj himself and his wicked astrologers. Uh-oh. I escaped from them and hid while they rounded up all the others in the village and dispatched them. Accusing them of harboring Thane, whom they called a traitor to the Raj. Great Scott. Then I was delayed by the terrible explosions and shakings of the ground. Now I go to seek aid for Thane and Lalo for my mistress, the princess. I fear I am too late. Perhaps not. Up with you, Ort. We fly through the air again? We certainly do. All right, Ort, hang on. Here we go. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping from the lonely road with the giant Ord, Superman rockets away across Apollo, bound for the Palace of the Raz, in an effort to find and save his friends, Thane and Lalo. Is there still time for him to prevent the execution of Thane and Lalo? Superman's work is far from over, so be sure to be with us tomorrow when he comes to grips with the powerful giant slaves of the Raz, equal to his own. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. 
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Hello, Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, the Man of Steel teaches the people of Apollo a lesson in democratic government. Then, just when he begins to feel that his troubles are over, he remembers something that threatens his continued operation as Superman. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Boy, this has really been a week, hasn't it, gang? With all the excitement on the Superman show and the news about that brand new series of comic buttons and packages of Kellogg's Pet. Bet you're all set to collect them and to get yourself some snappy-looking buttons to pin on your jacket or your dress or cap. Because they are smart-looking, believe me, done up in full comic colors on beaming white enamel buttons that show up like anything. And the pictures of your favorite funny paper characters are so true to life. The little moose and, and Barney Google and Cindy and Superman look so real, why, they could almost talk to you. Not to mention the fun you'll have if you happen to get a duplicate. Because then you can find out which one of your pals has a button to swap with you and add another pep comic button to your collection that way. So remind Mom to get you some Kellogg's pep when she shops. That's the only way you can get these comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but you'll find a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Those sunny golden toasted whole wheat flakes that make breakfast such good eating. Remember, be sure to ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. Having saved the planet Apollo and its inhabitants from destruction, Superman went to the village where he had left his friend, St. Lovell, only to learn that the elderly scientist and his daughter had been seized and carried away by soldiers of the Raz, the tyrant ruler of Apollo. Meanwhile, in the huge council chamber of his palace, the beak-nosed Raz, resplendent in his golden tunic, stands before Thane and Lalo, who are guarded by giant slaves nine feet tall. As the Raz's astrologers, Zama and Kree, look on approvingly, the ruler pours from a jug of gold into two tiny gold cups, a colorless liquid, which turns whoever drinks it to stone. Now, with a mocking bow, Roz offers the cups to the pale Thane and Lalo. Listen. Drink, my friend, so that you may remain with us forever as statues of stone. Hold yourself, my daughter. <laughs> Will they stand in your garden, O universal one? <laughs> it will amuse me to stroll there and see Thane the statue. Oh, I will stand in the square, a constant warning to any who dare plan rebellion against me. An excellent plan, O Roz. Hey, excellent. Hear me, Roz. Destroying us will only hasten your downfall. Indeed. I, the people grow weary with the bonds of their slavery. The near catastrophe to our star brought them together, and the miracle which saved them gave them courage. They know me as their friend, and if harm comes to Lalo and me, I warn you, they will rise and overthrow you. <laughs> Hear the fool. He is indeed a fool, son. Let people know our giant soldiers would crush them to pulp. Nate, 
You deceive yourself. The people know now they're made by the great king to walk free and be... Aye, destroying me will harden the people's will to throw off their bonds. Ah, never. Yeah. Heed my word. I say to you... Silence. Your voice wearies me, then. Already my proclamation goes out to the people that you and the evil spirit you conspired with. He who calls himself Superman. Together brought our star close to destruction. And that therefore he must die. But that will drink. No, I will not. Howard, my daughter did no wrong. Let her be. Call them and make them drink of the water that will turn them to stone. As the giant slave sees Queen and Lowell to make them drink the stone water, Superman carrying the giant ore is streaking through the air and is now in sight of the egg-shaped palace, wearing the half mask which protects him from the krypton gas in a followed atmosphere, and the metal telepathy helmet which enables him to speak with the inhabitants, the man of steel sees the scene within the Rosa's council chamber. Uh-oh. Saint and Lalo are in trouble. Hang on, Earth. We're going down. But, but the giant slaves guard the palace. Pull a hundred of them. We're not going to tangle with them yet. We're going right through the wall. Now! Hold everything. Superman. Superman. Evil suit. Let go of Saint and Lalo. Stop. Govern yourself, and what we shall do now. Well, I 
I think what you should do first is to have a general election. Let the people vote for the men they want to govern them. We vote for Payne to be our own. Ireland, I beg of you. Then what, Superman? Tell the people as they wish be permitted to make the Ra's and his astrologers drink of the stone water. Aye, make them drink now. Now, Ireland, let Superman speak. Well, we had a situation very much like this on Earth. The rulers of a nation called Germany enslaved and plundered a good part of the world before the freedom-loving peoples banded together and finally defeated them. When the war was over, we gave the German leaders a fair trial. Do you counsel us then to give the Raz and Zaman free and their soldiers a trial? Yes, I do. That's the fair thing. Yes. On earth, we feel that every man accused of a crime, regardless of how strong the evidence against him is, deserves a trial. Then so shall it be here. Will you stay with us and help us establish a free government such as you have on your star, Superman? Unfortunately, I can't say. You know, I can't breathe in your atmosphere without these cylinders of nitrogen and oxygen, and they're almost empty now. Besides, I... Scott, just remember. You seem distressed. What is it? Oh, I have no idea how long I've been gone from Earth this time. It must have been several days I spent traveling through space looking for Apollo and then getting it back into its orbit. There was no day or night in space, so I lost track of time. But what is this matter, you can... Matters a great deal, Alo. I left a letter to be given to a friend, a man named Perry White, at the end of the week in case I wasn't back on Earth by then. And that letter reveals my double identity. Your what? I do not understand. Well, there's no time to explain now. But unless I get back to Earth before Mr. White gets that letter, well, it'll be just too bad. Goodbye and good luck, Thane, Lalo, all of you. Oh, wait. Don't go, Pat. We haven't properly thanked you. Don't bother. Perhaps I'll see you again. Take care of yourselves. Up and away! Leaping above the crowd of grateful Apollonians, Superman pauses briefly to wave to them, then streaks away through the wrecked wall of the palace and turns toward the distant Earth, worried that the secret of his double identity may already have been exposed. And Superman has good reason to be concerned. It is noon in Metropolis. Dr. John Millicent has just arrived at the Daily Planet. Ushered into Editor Perry White's office, the famous scientist hands White an envelope, heavily sealed with wax. What's this? Another two? Before Superman left Earth the last time, he gave me this envelope. He asked me to guard it carefully, and in the event that something happened to him and he failed to return to Earth by the end of the week, he said I was to give the envelope to you. Oh, he did, eh? Yes. The week expired last night at midnight. I waited a few extra hours, hoping against hope that Superman would return. But, as you know, he didn't. No, and neither did poor Clark Kent. Poor chaps. I wonder why Superman left this letter for me. I don't know. It's probably very important. Why don't you open it? I will. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Lois Lane and Jim Olsen should be here when I open it. And they were as close to Kent and Superman as I was. Oh, uh, Miss Bagrack, call Jim Olsen and Lois Lane. Tell them to come into my office at once. I can't imagine what could be in this letter, Dr. Millicent. Neither can I, but it should be very... I'll find out right now. Puzzled, Perry White ripped open the heavily sealed envelope in which, as we know, is a letter from Superman, revealing his identity as the mild-mannered newspaper reporter Clark Kent. The secret Superman plans to reveal only after his death is Superman's most cherished secret, which he has protected so many times with all his great powers to be revealed now... At the very moment when the Man of Steel is rocketing through space from the planet Apollo, we know that not even Superman can travel the many millions of miles through space in time to prevent Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and Lois Lane from reading the confession White now holds in his hands. So what will happen? We'll find out in Monday's exciting episode. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-P-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, while Superman rockets back to Earth, the carefully guarded secret of his double identity stands on the brink of revealment. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, I've been so excited about that brand new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out. Why, I've been busy as anything all weekend, and I've rounded up all the fellows and girls in our neighborhood to see if they've found any of these new Pep comic buttons yet and how they like them. And believe me, they like them. Why, you should hear what the kids are saying about these nifty new prices. They're honeys, they say. They're terrific. They're the best-looking things I ever saw, said one fella. Yes, sir, everybody's mighty enthusiastic about this brand-new series of funny bitter characters like a Tess Trueheart and uh, the Little Moose and Superman, of course. And you'll be enthusiastic, too. The buttons are made of gleaming white enameled metal, you know, with the picture standing out clear and sharp. You'll want to collect all 18 of them. And you can, sure, as easy as anything. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to stock up on that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet, and look for your comic button inside every package. Look for some mighty delicious heating, too, because Pep is loaded with catchy, sunny flavor. A golden toasted flavor that's got come on in every bite. Get your good eating and exciting prizes, gang, from P.E.P., the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now the adventures of Superman. 
to saving the planet Apollo from destruction, seeing the inhabitants under the leadership of his friend Thane freed from slavery, Superman suddenly remembered that he had left a sealed letter revealing his identity as Clark Kent with Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist, back on Earth. In the event that Superman had not returned to Earth by a certain day, the letter was to be given to Editor Perry White. Saying a hasty goodbye to the Apollonians, Superman started back to Earth millions of miles away. But meanwhile, in Metropolis, Dr. Millison had brought the letter to the Daily Planet. And as we continue now in Perry White's office, the gray-haired editor is opening the wax-sealed envelope as cub reporter Jimmy Olsen enters. Listen. Here I am, Steve. Oh, hello, Dr. Millison. Hello, Jim. You want me, Chief? Yes, Jim. Uh, Dr. Millison just brought this letter from Superman. From Superman? Yes, you see... Listen, Lizard, you mean he's okay? Well, what about Mr. Kent? Where are now, they? Now, wait a what minute. Ha- wait a minute. Keep your shirt well, Let me see the letter. Will you wait a minute? Wait till I open the envelope. Gee whiz, I... I... What? Well, what's this? What? Let me see. Will you stop grabbing? But I want... It's another envelope, also sealed. And it's addressed to Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jim Olsen. Well, that's me. To be opened in the event of my death. His death? Gosh. Poor Mr. Kent. I thought you just got the letter in, in the mail and that Superman and Mr. Kent were okay. I wish that were so. Unfortunately, it isn't. Superman and Kent have apparently been lost in space. Oh, gee whiz. I begged Superman not to go this time, but he wouldn't listen to me. Well, you'd better open that letter. He said it was very important. Well, I'm trying to, but the plot is sealed with wax like the other outer envelope. Uh, I'll get my letter opener. Uh, well, wait a minute. Well, this is addressed to Lois, too. Uh, where is she? Oh, I don't know. She can see it later. Open it, please. We can wait an extra minute, Jim. Now you go get it. Oh, all right. I can't imagine why Superman left this letter for Miss Lane and Jim and me, Dr. Mason. Do you suppose this could be his will? No, I asked him that, but he said it was something much more important. Well, that's so. Well, in that case, I'll open it right... Oh, uh, it. Now what? Hello? Who? Oh, yes. Yes, he's here. Uh, for you, Dr. Millicent. Oh, thank you. Uh, Dr. Millicent speaking. Oh, yes, Dr. Bloomfield. How are you? Miss Lane went on that Hannigan story, Mr. White. Yes? Uh, easy, Jim. Easy. Yes. Dr. Millicent was on the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Are you sure? Look, Chief, we don't have to wait for Lois to open Superman's letter, do we? Oh, no, but... Superman told Dr. Millicent it was very important. We'll open it at once. Oh, swell. Go ahead. I need my letter opener, though, but I can't seem to find oh, that's it. that's amazing. I can't believe it. Oh, here it is, Chief. Huh? Oh, thanks. Uh, we'll just open this now and see what it says. Well, hurry up. I can hardly wait. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. I'm coming at once. I the box off the flat now. Yeah. Mr. White, yeah? Dr. Bloomfield just called from the observatory. He believes he's sighted the lost planet Apollo. What? Huh? Yes, it has apparently retreated from the sun and seems to be revolving in an orbit of its own space once more, which would indicate that Superman must have saved the planet. Good God, Frank. Great. Does that mean he and Mr. Kent are okay? I should say it might very well mean that. If it is really Apollo that Dr. Bloomfield has sighted... If? But you just I said... I said Dr. Bloomfield believes he sighted Apollo. Oh. However, there are one or two details which need confirmation. I'm going to the observatory now. You two care to come with me? Do we? Huh? Oh, I, of course we do. Why, why this, this may mean that Kent and Superman, too, are alive. Uh, come on, Doctor. Come on, come on. Let's go. Now, do you see, Dr. Millicent? Do you see? Yes, Dr. Bloomfield. I believe it is Apollo. I'm a little puzzled. Please, may I see? Keep away from the telescope, Jack. As I recall, there was a series of peak formations across the northern bridge of the planet. But I, I don't see them now. Well, that troubles me, too. There was such a formation. You mean it isn't Apollo after all? Don't interrupt There him. also seems to be a difference in the pattern of the rivers and canals. Exactly. That's why I ask you to come here. Yet surely there cannot be a planet other than Apollo within the inner ones which we have not yet discovered. No, but... Oh, gee whiz, make up your minds, will you? Is it Apollo or isn't it? Jim, 
What's the matter with you? Oh, gosh, Chief. Your size and general formation seems very much like Apollo, Dr. Bloomfield. Yes, but... Changes could very well have taken place when the planet was lost in space and drifting toward the moon, you know. That's what I think. I really believe it is Apollo, Dr. Millicent. So do I. But we might be mistaken. Uh, where are the photographs we made of Apollo? Over here, on my desk. I'd like to examine them again. Oh, now where are we? First of all, Apollo and Superman and Mr. Kent were probably okay. Now it might not be Apollo and we're right back where we started. Well, now, Jim, that planet, whatever it is, is over 30 million miles away. And even this telescope, the most powerful in the world, can't perform the impossible. Yeah, no, but... Gosh, when I think about Mr. Kent and Superman, I... I know, I know. I, I feel that way, too. Well, while we're waiting, we may as well read Superman's letter. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and it. The time limit, he said, has passed, and we're not at all sure Apollo has been sighted again, so... Well, where did I put that envelope? Oh, haven't you got it? Oh, I don't seem to. Well, look in your inside pocket. Oh, I am. It's not here. Oh, golly, what... Now, take it easy, take it easy. I must have left it on my desk. Uh, yes, yes, that's right, I did. Phew, I had me scared for a minute. Oh, uh, Dr. Mellison, I, I hate to interrupt, but uh, how long do you think it'll be? Now, hard to tell, Mr. White. We're going to take some photographs of the planet now. It may be several hours, perhaps days, before we can positively identify it as Apollo or oh, not. several days. Well, in that case, we'll go back to the office. I want to read that letter of Superman's. Will you phone me when you come to a decision? Yes, yes, of course. Well, thanks. Uh, let's go, Jim. <laughs> Leaving the observatory, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen start back to the Daily Planet. And a short time later, as Dr. Millicent and Dr. Bloomfield work over their charts and photographs in the observatory, the door opens. The tall figure in blue costume and red cape enters and strides swiftly toward them. Good day, gentlemen. No, Dr. Bloomfield, look, it, 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 it's Superman. Right. We've given you up. Tell me, what happened? Yes, what of Apollo? Tell us everything. Apollo is all right now, but listen. You mean this Apollo that we now see beyond Mars? It is. Tell me what, what happened. How you did it. Why you... I'll tell you everything. Yeah, but first I've got to know about that letter I left with you, Dr. Millicent. The one addressed to Mr. White. Where is it? The letter? Yes. Oh, yes, the letter. Uh, I gave it to Mr. White. You did? When? Why, a couple of hours ago. Uh, at noon. Great Scott, then he's read it. Then I don't then know, they know if he's read it yet. You see, White and Jim Olsen were about to when Dr. Bloomfield called us to come to the observatory. And uh, come to think of it, when they left here a little while ago, I overheard White say that they were going back to the Daily Planet to read your letter. Oh, never mind the letter. Tell us. Just a moment. Me. How long ago did Mr. White and Jim leave here, Dr. Millicent? Why, oh, see, uh, I'd say about an hour ago. An hour ago? Just about have time to get back to the planet. If I'm lucky, I might still be able to get there before they read it. I'll use this window if you don't mind. No, but wait, Superman. You must tell us about Apollo. Later. Right now, there's too much at stake. Up and away! <laughs> Leaping from the observatory, Superman streaks toward the Daily Planet with all the speed he can muster. Have Perry White and Jimmy Olsen read his letter, and so become aware of his real identity at last? Fearful that his friends at the Daily Planet may have read a letter which reveals his double identity, Superman streaks to the newspaper office. Resuming the guise and garb of the mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent, he draws a deep breath and enters Perry White's office just as the gray-haired editor is saying to Jimmy Olsen, well, I, all the, I, I can't understand it, Jim. Oh, neither can I, Chief. Can't Gosh. understand what? I can't understand why the... What? Uh, uh, good Godfrey. Oh. Uh, Jim, 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 look. Please, it, it, it's... Well, go on, Jim. Who? It, it's you. Oh, boy, it is you, isn't it? Why, of course it is. Oh, I, I put it, yeah, put it well, Let me shake your hand. I want to make sure I'm not dreaming, and it really is you. I, I'm really who? Who am I? Huh? Oh, now, look here, Kent. If this is your idea... Kent. You called me Kent. Well, of course. Oh, 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 sure, sure, of course. 
It's good to be back. I still can't believe it. We've given you and Superman up. Superman and me, huh? Oh, for heaven's sake, Kent. Is there something the matter with you? Oh, no, no. Just, uh... I'll just relieve that, though. Look, I, I, I presume you didn't read the letter yet. What letter? The letter I... Uh, I mean, the, the letter Superman left with Dr. Millicent for you. He said he gave it to you today. Yes, he did, but... Where is it? I, I, I'd like to see it. Oh, we can't. It's gone. Gone? It's disappeared. It's the strangest thing, Kent. Disappeared? Well, how? Well, I, I thought... Uh, in fact, I was quite sure I left it right here on my desk when we rushed over to the observatory before. But when we came back, well, I just uh, simply couldn't find it. No, and we ransacked the office, too. Wait, Scott, this is... This is terrible. If, if that secret is revealed, if my enemies find out... Huh? Uh, what are you talking about, Kent? I... I'm talking about that letter. We've got to find it, and quickly. If we don't... Well, this is about the worst thing that could ever have happened to me. Puzzled, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen look at Clark Kent, who has turned very pale, fearful that the whole world, and particularly his enemies may soon be in possession of the secret of his double identity. What has happened to the letter? And will Kent retrieve it before it is too late? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when strange things happen. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time, same mutual station by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Hello, Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, a safe and sound Clark Kent returns to the fold of his boss, Perry White, only to learn that the sealed letter containing the secret of Superman's double identity is gone. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. 
I'm telling you, gang, this brand new series of comic buttons, the new prizes and packages of Kellogg's Pep, is just about the most fun that ever happened. In the first place, they're old, familiar favorites. Pals that you've been following in the funny papers for a long, long time. Eighteen of them in all, like a Toots and Casper, the Inspector, a Barney Google, a Judy and Corky from Gasoline Alley, and Goofy and Beastie from Harold Teen, and of course, Superman himself. And these new pep comic buttons are done up in full colors, printed clear and bright as anything, so that they'll really show up when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. You'll have a load of fun collecting them and swapping duplicates with your pals. Yes, sir, it's a swell hobby. And the best part is, you don't have to send in a single penny for these exclusive prizes. Not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to make sure Mom keeps stocked up on Kellogg's Pet. And you get a nifty comic button in every package. That's P-E-P, the sunshine cereal. Yes, Pep's a dish that's hep for breakfast. It's so sunny and golden toasted and delicious. So ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep next time she goes shopping. And now, the adventures of Superman. Realizing that he might never return from his search for the lost planet Apollo, Superman, before his departure, left a secret letter with Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist, in which he revealed the secret of his double identity. In the event that he failed to return by a certain time, Millicent was to deliver the letter, unopened, to Editor Perry White. Returning to Earth a few hours past the stated time, Superman learned that Millicent had just delivered the letter to White and Jimmy Olsen. Praying that they had not yet read it, he hurried to the Daily Planet newspaper in his guise of Clark Kent. In White's office, Kent learned that the letter had not been read, only because it had disappeared. Shock. Kent gasped. My enemies get hold of the letter. They... They... Why, anything can happen. Huh? Great Caesar's ghost, will you please tell us what this is all about? Gee whiz, I don't get it at all. Look, you didn't... I mean... No, I didn't commit any crimes or anything like that. It, it, it's just that I... I... Well, you see... Uh, no, I don't see. No, neither do I. What was in that letter, Kent? What was in it? Yes. What was in it that's so all-fired important? Why, I... I well, how should I know? How should you know? Oh, my dear saint, that I'm telling you. Mr. Kent, something must have happened to you up on Apollo. How can you say you don't know what's in that letter? Wait a minute, you... wait a minute. What's the matter with you two? Don't you realize we're talking about Superman's letter? Of course I know it was Superman's letter. Well? What I want to know is now is why you've been beating your chest and tearing your hair about it. You know what was in it? Well, uh, how should I know? No. no, I've got to be calm. I've got to remember I'm not young anymore. But, Kent, if you don't stop bushing about the beat... Uh, I mean, beating about the bush and tell us what was in that letter, I... I oh, I get it. You get what? Well, how could Mr. Kent know what was in Superman's letter? Isn't that right, Mr. Kent? <laughs> of course. It's all very simple. I've just been talking for Superman, that's all. For huh? Superman? Well, naturally. I, I'm, I'm giving you his own words from his own mouth, you might say. Obviously, he put something in that letter which must not be revealed while he's alive. I'm excited and worried because if that information does become known, he won't be half as valuable to humanity as he is now. Gosh. Superman told you that, Kent? I told you, Chief. I'm giving you Superman's own words. He left that letter for you to be read only in the event of his death. But fortunately, he came back safely from Apollo, and so he must get that letter back before its contents are read by anyone. Chief? No. Well, why didn't you say so before? I... Instead of gabbing about enemies and... Well, I guess I was pretty upset. I still am, as a matter of fact. Now, uh... What about that letter? What happened to it? I don't know. I, it just seems to have disappeared. Mr. White was sure he left it here when we went to the observatory with Dr. Millicent. But when we got back, it was gone. How sure are you that you left it here in the office, Chief? I, I don't know, no. I, I thought I did. Do you remember, Jim? All I remember is he was starting to open it when Dr. Bloomfield called from the observatory about sighting Apollo again. We ran out of here in such a hurry, I can't remember what happened to the letter. Oh, that's great. Think, Chief, what... What could you have done with it? I must have left it here because I didn't have it at the observatory. I looked. 
You remember, Jim? Uh huh. It should still be here. Mm, that's right. I don't see it, but maybe it is still here somewhere. Come on, let's start looking. I'll go through these papers. Oh, we already went through them, Mr. Carroll. No, we've ransacked the whole office, even the files and the wastebasket. Well, then where could. Now, yeah, look. You never lock your office when you leave, do you, Chief? Well, no. Why should I? Well, then someone might have come in, seen the envelope, and walked off with it. Say, that's right. Nobody, well, who... nobody could come in here but members of the staff. None of them would dare take a sealed envelope off my desk. We can't be too sure. Well, I am sure. Anyhow, nobody came in here while I was gone. I've already questioned Miss Backrack, whose desk, as you know, is right outside my door. Wait, wait. When you two left here with Dr. Millicent, did you go directly to the observatory? Uh-huh. Yeah. How did you go? Well, by taxi. Uh, what kind of taxi? What kind? Yes, red and white, checker, yellow, which? Oh, I, I think it was a red and white. No, no, no the yellow, I think. Well, was it a checker? Oh, come on, make up your minds. Which was it? Well, maybe it was a checker. That. Gosh, I don't know what it was now. Oh, and you call yourselves newspaper men. What? Well, gee whiz, we were all excited. A reporter is supposed to keep his head and be observant. Oh, how do you like that for gratitude? We were worried about you, 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 you fathead. We thought you were done for. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, Chief. Really, I am. I shouldn't have said that, but I'm very upset. And it's just... Hello? Excuse me, Chief. This is Clark of the Daily Planet. Yes, will you put Dr. Millicent on the phone, please, and hurry. It's important. What are you calling Dr. Millicent for, Mr. Kent? I just thought maybe he'll remember what kind of a taxi you were in. Why is the cab so important? Oh, he thinks I might have dropped the letter in the cab, I guess. Yes, and what's more... Hello, Dr. Millicent. Yes, listen, I... Yes, I'm fine, thanks, but badly worried. Look, do you remember what kind of a cab you and Mr. White and Jim Olson took from the Daily Planet to the observatory today? Yes, I mean, mean, was it a red and white or a yellow or... A red and white, huh? Are you sure? Oh, that's fine. Uh, did you happen to notice what the driver looked like? You didn't, eh? Oh, neither did I. No, I didn't either. All right, thanks very much. Well, I haven't time to explain now. Yes, later. All right, thanks again, Doctor. Goodbye. He said it was a red and white, eh? Yes, and well, what... that's what I said first. Well, you call the red and white cab company again. Our driver might have found the letter and turned it into his office. No, no, I'm going to the cab office myself. If the letter wasn't turned in, I want to find the driver. Come on with me, Jim. Keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> Nothing turned in by any of our drivers today. Uh-oh. Of course, it might be turned in later. You want to leave your phone number? No, I, I... I can't wait. The letter is important. I've got to find the driver of that cab and talk to him. Yeah, but I... How just... are we going to do that, Mr. Kent? We don't know who he is, and none of us even remember what he looked like. No, Jim, but cab drivers have to keep a record of their trips. Isn't that right, Mr. Sandler? Yeah, that's right. Oh. Some driver's log will show a trip from the Daily Planet to the observatory on Mount Arthur around noon today. He's our man. Oh, let's get busy. Check the record. No, we can't do that yet. Can't? Why not? This trip was made around noon, as you say. Driver was working their first shift. Huh? That's from 8 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. Uh-oh. First shift drivers won't be here till 4 with their logs. Gee whiz, it's just 3.20 now. Well, if you want to wait... We'll, we'll wait. Be... We've got to wait. My only hope is that whoever found that letter isn't too curious to refrain from opening it. Talk with anxiety, Clark Kent starts pacing the floor of the taxicab office, praying that he may get possession of the precious letter before his enemies do. In a room on the 18th floor of the Metropolis Hotel, a small, thin man with the round, pink face of a baby stands by admiringly as his companion, a tall, dark man with heavy black eyebrows wearing immaculate evening clothes, painstakingly knots his white bow tie before the mirror of a dresser. You look like class, that suit and fish eyebrows. Yeah, I gotta look like class tonight, but uh, gonna mix with the high society, you know? Yeah, but don't worry, pal. I tell you, you look more like a dude than a dude himself. Ah, thanks. What's the idea getting dressed so early? It's only the middle of the afternoon. I told you. Take three hours to get out to this joint. Ah, oh, bastard. Now I spoil this tie, too. And I hope I got another. Hey, that's the same tie you throw away. What's the idea? 
I got to look just right. That's the idea. Ah, good. I got another white tie. Look, you better bring back something good to make up for all them ties in the course of letting the fancy duds. I'll bring back plenty, mister. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll bet you will. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Read this to me, with your eyebrows? Yeah, what's that? It's a letter. Ah, go on. Who'd send you a letter? You can't read. Nobody sent it to me. I thought that cab we was in just before. I didn't see any letter in that taxi. It was down behind the seat. I always reach down for a look-see. And sometimes I find money that rolled out of a guy's pocket. This time I found a letter. I'll read it to you, will you? What do you want to read somebody's letter for? Go look at the funny papers. Good for more laughs. Oh, you already looked at him. Anyhow, I want to hear other guys' mail read to me. Ah, oh, come on, I browse. Be a good guy. Read it to me, huh? Have a good time, Buster. Throw it away. I'll read you the comics when I get back. Nah, I don't like that. I like to hear that. Is ah, please, I browse. Oh, all right. Gee, thanks. Come on, come on, give it to me. Hurry up, quick. All right, here, here, here it is. I got it out of the envelope already. Yeah. Yes. Dear Mr. White, Lois, and Jim. Oh, it's written to three people, huh? Yeah, three people. Prepare yourselves for a shock. Hey, hey, it stopped out real good, don't it? Since it's very possible that I may never return, I... What? What'd you stop reading for? Hey, wait a minute, Buster. What's the matter? Great snakes and fishes. This letter is from Superman. <laughs> His eyes fairly popping out of his head. The man called Eyebrows reads the letter written by Superman. Apparently, the letter in which the Man of Steel reveals his identity as Clark Kent. Who is Eyebrows and his little companion, Buster? What will their possession of the letter, revealing one of the most carefully guarded secrets in the world, mean to Superman? Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and excitement, gang. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time. Station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. While a much-worried Clark Kent anxiously awaits further word on the whereabouts of his revealing letter, two Metropolis characters are regarding its contents with stunned amazement. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, the news spread like wildfire last week when I began telling you about that brand new series of comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out. One fellow tells another, and one girl tells her girlfriend, until everybody's all hepped up about collecting these terrific new buttons. 
Kellogg's Pep sure has a swell idea there, putting pictures of your funny sheet favorites on white enamel buttons so that you can wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And it's more fun than a circus swapping the buttons when you get duplicates. You see, there are 18 new buttons in all. Old comic strip friends like the like the Little Moose and Brenda Starr and Barney Google and Superman himself. And each one looks just as real as he does in the funny papers. So make sure that you get all 18 of them. Start mom buying Kellogg's Pep for you right away. That's the only way you can get these exclusive prizes. One in every package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy it anywhere, but you just look inside the pet package, and there's your prize. And there's some mighty swell eating, too. A breakfast dish with a sunny golden toasted flavor that you'll really latch on to. Ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. Before he left to search for the lost planet Apollo, Superman left Dr. Millicent a sealed letter, in which he revealed the secret of his double identity which was to be given to Editor Perry White in the event Superman failed to return. But now the letter has disappeared. While Superman hunted frantically for it, a little man named Buster, who was unable to read, brought a letter he had found in a taxi to his companion, a man he called Eyebrows, and asked him to read it to him. Eyebrows glanced casually through the letter, then gasped, Great snakes, Buster. This letter is from Superman. As we continue now, in their room at the Metropolis Hotel... Buster's eyes have grown round as saucers in his pink babyish face as eyebrows reads the letter. Dear Mr. White, Lois and Jim, prepare yourselves for a shock. I already heard that part. Get up and listen. Since there is a strong possibility that I may be lost in space while searching for the lost planet Apollo, huh? or perhaps fall a victim to the direct rays of the sun... What's that? I am arranging to have this letter delivered to you after a specific lapse of time, which would indicate that I am not returning to Earth. I don't get it. Okay, never mind. I, my dear friends, am the person you have long known only as Clark Kent. Hey, you said this letter was from Superman. Well? Well, the way you read it now, the guy, if you ask me, is a screwball. Well, he says it's somebody named Clark Kent. Sure. He's Clark Kent, too. Oh, there's two guys? Yeah, that's right. Ah, what you're giving me. Not even Superman could be two different guys. Oh, no, no. You don't get it, Buster. The way he goes on to say here, when he's not making like Superman, he puts on regular clothes and a pair of glasses and passes himself off for a reporter named Clark Kent. But why does he disguise himself? Is he running a racket? No, no, no. I'm trying to tell you. Look, when he's a reporter, he can find out stuff without anybody getting wise he's Superman, see? Then he turns into Superman. And whammo. Cracks down on the big shot thief for the spy, maybe, or whoever he's after. Ah, baloney. You can't make me believe a guy like Superman, what can jump from here to China like that, or pick up this whole hotel and drop it in the river, goes around disguising himself like it's somebody else. Why not? Uh, Why not? Well, I say it's a game he's playing on this guy, Clark Kent, whoever he is. How could Superman get lost? Well, if he went looking for some planet, like he said. Well... Well, I don't know. Well, still, he couldn't get lost. Yeah, who said he got lost? He just says in this letter he might get lost, or something else might happen to him. Now, look, Buster. If this letter's on the level, we'll be millionaires. I didn't tell you it's a gig. Give me that again, Brown. I mean what you just said. I said if this letter's on the level, we'll be millionaires. Yeah? How? Why, there are plenty of big operators, real big operators. They're scared of Superman, see? Yeah. So how, do, how does that make us a million bucks? Hey, don't you see? We sell this information about Superman and Clark Kent being the same guy. 
And whoever's planning a big job can have Kent tail, see? Then, if Kent gets close, the guy trailing him tips off the boss before Kent can wise up all the way and make like Superman. Get it? Look at eyebrows. Even if you was right, which you ain't, how could you ever prove it? That's what I gotta figure out right now. There must be a way. So shut up, Buster. Let me think. While Eyebrow seeks a way to prove the truthfulness of the astonishing information which has fallen into his hands, Clark, Kent, and Jimmy Olsen are in the office of the Red and White Taxi Company with Joe McCloskey, a driver who has just come off duty. Oh, sure, sure. I remember driving this young fellow up the observatory today. About noon it was. Two old guys are with him. That's right. Mr. White and Dr. Miller. Yeah, but I didn't find any letter in my cab. Uh-oh. Now what, Mr. Just Kent? a minute, Jim. Look, Mr. McCloskey. Uh, just call me I... Mac. Everybody calls me Mac. Mac? Yes, oh, sir. okay, Mac. Did you examine your cab thoroughly after my friends got out of the observatory? Well, uh, no, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, but you just looked the car over yourself. Yes, it isn't there now. Mr. White might have dropped it on the floor or behind the seat where another passenger found it. Yeah, I suppose that would be... Oh, gosh, how are we going to find out, Mr. Kent? Uh, your lock, Mac. The record you keep of your trips might help us. Can you check where you went after you dropped your fare at the observatory? Well, uh, wait a minute. Let me see. Sure, here we are. I left the observatory at quarter to three. Went to 311 Park Place. Took a passenger there? Sure, picked him up at the observatory. I remember he was a little guy with a beard. And he's the man we want to see. Look, can you come with us to where you took him, Mac? I'll pay you double for your time. Sure, be glad to go along with you. Fine, let's go. What kind of a letter? A plain white envelope, Mr. Uh, Spittleheimer, uh, Professor Marcus Aurelius Spittleheimer. Uh, <clears throat> I'm head of the Applied Science Department at Metropolis University. Oh, yes, Professor Spittleheimer. I've heard of you, of course. Really? Uh-huh. Have you read my book? Well, uh, not, not the last one. Uh, uh, no, you no, read, you should read my last book, Mr. Yes, Kent. But about the la- reporter, you'll find it very interesting, very interesting indeed. Uh, sure, I will. I'm looking forward to reading it, Professor. But about this letter, it, it's very important. Oh, to yes, the like... letter. What about a letter? Well, you see, I think it might have been dropped in the taxi you came back in from the observatory. That was a plain white envelope, heavily sealed with red wax, and it was addressed to Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jim Oates. We think Mr. White dropped the letter. Hmm. Well, I didn't see any letter. You sure sure of that, Professor? Of course, I'm sure, young man. Quite sure. I see. Well, thank you very much. All right, come on, Jim. Max, let's go. Spittleheimer washes up our idea that Mr. White lost the letter in Mac's taxi cab, huh? Yeah, it sure does. Not altogether. But the professor was in the cab after all. I know, Jim. Well, if the letter was there, he'd have seen it. Maybe not. If it was under one of the little spare seats or behind the main cushion, he might have missed it. Besides, it's obvious. He's the sort of person who's too preoccupied to pay much attention to things around him. Gosh, but I, I know, Jim. I know. You think we're playing an awfully long... Yeah, that's right. But it's the only hunch I have right now, and I've got to follow it. Uh... Keep hoping we find the letter before somebody gets overly curious and opens it. Hey, Mr. What was in this envelope? A lot of money? Something much more important, Mac. Take another look at your log, will you please? And tell me where you went after you dropped Professor Bittheimer at his house here. Sure, sure. Let me see. That'll be right here at the bottom of the sheet because it was my last time. Huh? Yeah, here it is. I picked up a fare on the boulevard and took him to the Metropolis Hotel. Gosh, that's the biggest hotel in town. Just a minute, Jim. You remember what your last passenger looked like, Mac? Well, Mr. Kent, usual, I don't notice my fast much. Unless we get to talking to there's something, uh, you know, uh, different about him. Like that professor with his beard. Try to remember, Mac. Try hard. It means a lot. Let me see. I remember now. There were two guys I picked up. Two? Yeah, sure. One was a little guy. A lot of help. Quiet, there. Jim. Go on, Mac. Yeah, sure. And the other guy, I remember him. He was taller. And he, had, he had bushy eyebrows like, uh... Well, like John Lewis, you might say. Oh? See? Black, bushy eyebrows. I remember not noticing them. Black, bushy eyebrows, eh? All right, let's get into the cab and go to the Metropolis Hotel. Oh, look, Mr. Kent. What? There's over a thousand rooms in the Metropolis Hotel. I know. And lobbies and dining rooms all full of people. 
How do you expect to find one man there if he still is there when all you know about him is he has bushy eyebrows? Leave that to me, Jim. All right, let's go, Mac. Step on it. Okay, Mr. Kent. Hang on. Face drawn with anxiety, Clark Kent driven to the Metropolis Hotel, where left eyebrows and fluster with the vital letter. But are they still there? As Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Max Taxi approach the Metropolis Hotel, eyebrows and fluster, the two men in possession of Superman's letter, are leaving the elevator and walking through the lobby to the doors. Even if it was true, and the state are Superman. That's a lot, you know. Okay, okay. But like I say, if he is playing with dynamite. So what? Well, so what? Oh, oh. Hey, we got trouble enough keeping clear the cops without getting in trouble with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, get up. Follow me outside. Gotta get a cab. I don't like this. Ah. There's an empty cab. Come on, Buster. Listen, will you? I tell you, we're playing with dynamite. I'm willing to play with a little dynamite for a million bucks. Aren't you? Well, yeah, but I don't... Get in the cab. Where, where are we going? a little investigating. 1426 Market Street, driver. And step on the gas. As the car bearing eyebrows and buster draws away from the Metropolis Hotel, another taxi pulls to a stop in front of the hotel. Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Max the driver emerge and hurry to the lobby. One moment earlier... They would have intercepted the men they seek. Now, what will happen? Tomorrow's episode is swift and exciting, gang. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. While Clark Kent pursues the trail to find his precious letter, two unsavory and untrustworthy creatures make nefarious plans for its disposal. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, just in case you haven't heard, although I don't see how you could miss it, Kellogg's Pep is now putting out a brand new series of comic buttons. Yes, sir. These prizes made such a big hit that Kellogg now brings you a brand new series of 18 new comic strip characters. For instance, uh, among others, there's uh, Flash Gordon and Brenda Starr and Cindy, Spud from uh, Winnie Winkle, The Little Moose, Pat Patton, Tess Trueheart, Chief uh, Brandon, Vitamin Flintheart, and Superman himself. And believe me, every fellow and girl I know is mighty excited about this new series of pet comic buttons. 
because that means that you're going to have even more fun collecting them and trading duplicates with your pals and wearing the buttons pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. So get busy on your collection of pet comic buttons, gang. Ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pet and look for your prize inside every package. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere, but you get one plus loads of good breakfast eating in every package of Pep. The whole wheat flakes with a catchy golden toasted flavor that always tastes like more. Yes, and Pep's good for you, too. So ask Mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now the adventures of Superman. A sealed letter in which Superman revealed his identity as Clark Kent and which was to be opened by Editor Perry White only in the event of Superman's death was lost by White in a taxi cab. Then, while Superman searched frantically for it, two men called Eyebrows and Buster found the letter in the taxi. Buster believed it to be the work of a joker or a crank, but Eyebrows decided to investigate, knowing that if the information were genuine, he could make a fortune by selling it in the underworld. Meanwhile, Kent is tracing the passengers who had occupied White's taxi. And as we continue now, he, Jimmy Olsen, and Mac, the cab driver, have arrived in front of the Metropolis Hotel in Mac's taxi, scarcely a minute after Eyebrows and Buster have departed. Listen... Here's why I brought the guy with the bushy eyebrows, Mr. Kent. What do we do now? While you and Jim go into the hotel lobby, Mac, stand by the door. If you see the man, hold on to him for dear life until I get there. Well, where are you going, Mr. Kent? I, uh, I've got a little idea, Jim. Go on, you and Mac wait in the lobby, huh? Okay, come on, Jim. Well, it sounds like a dumb idea to me. There must be a couple of thousand people in this hotel. Jim, will How you... are we going to find one man when all we know about him is that he's got bushy eyebrows? Oh, please, Jim, I know what I'm doing. Well, I'm beginning to wonder. But okay. There, they've gone. I can look this hotel over better as Superman. So out of these clothes. Now, if Mr. Bushy Eyebrows is here, I'll find him. Find out if he has my letter. There we are, all set. Now, up and away! Leaping into the sky, Superman streaks up above the huge 40-story Metropolis Hotel and begins to circle it, his X-ray vision stabbing through brick and steel and plaster to search every room and probe every occupant. Then, disappointed, he flashes back into the taxicab, resumes his guise and garb of Clark Kent, and joins Jimmy and Mac in the hotel lobby. Well, it's no use, boys. There's no tall, dark man with black, bushy eyebrows in this hotel. Huh? How do you know, Mr. Kent? I just looked, Jim, so well, I... You just looked? Well, there are over 1,000 rooms in this hotel. Oh, and well... dining rooms, and a barbershop, and a drugstore, and, well... and I don't know what else. Yeah, that's right. You've only been gone a few minutes... So how do you know a man isn't here? Uh, well, well, I... I uh... Just a second. Would you mind stepping over here with me a minute, Mr. Kent? Uh, excuse us, will you, Mac? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. What, Jim, what's the idea? Please, Mr. Kent. What is this, Jim? We haven't much time, you know. Look, Mr. Kent, are you sure you feel all right? Yes, of course I do. Are you sure nothing happened to you up on the planet Apollo? Well, a lot of things happened, but I'm perfectly all right now, except that I'm very worried. What are you driving at, Jim? Well, for the last few hours, ever since you got back from Apollo, you've been running around like a chicken with its head off. And I just realized it doesn't make sense. Oh, yes, it does. You just don't understand, Jim. Do you? Oh, now, look, Jim, well, I'm not if gonna... you do know what this is all about, suppose you let me in on it. Tell me why you're so upset about Superman's letter disappearing. Why, uh... Well, I, I, I can't exactly explain, but... Well, of but... course you can't. That's why I say all this running around doesn't make sense. But, look, I think you need a good rest, Mr. Kent. Why don't you now, go... look, with... Jim, I know what I'm talking about, and oh, I... Oh, yeah? Yes. I tell you, if that letter falls into the hands of Superman's enemies, he'll be in a bad way. Matter of fact, it'll be serious if even his friends know what's in the letter. Oh, jeepers, this gets crazier by the minute. Look, what is in that letter? I... I, I can't tell you, Jim. Oh. But Superman said that unless his letter is recovered and returned to him unopened, the results may be very serious for him and for many others. Superman told you that? That's what he said. Are you satisfied now? Oh, sure. 
course, I still can't figure it out. Don't but... bother trying to figure it out. We've got to find that letter and find it quickly. Okay, I'll do all I can. But where do we go from here? Well... You thought Mr. White lost the letter in Mac's taxi cab. I don't see where else he could have lost it. I don't either. But the only people who rode in the cab after Mr. White were Professor Biddleheimer and the guy with the bushy eyebrow. I know, Jim. Professor Biddleheimer didn't find it, and we can't find Mr. Bushy Eyebrows. That means I've got to do what I've been trying to avoid. What do you mean? I've got to call in the police and advertise for the letter. That's what we should have done before. Yes, I know, but I kept hoping I wouldn't have to. Because advertising for it and offering a reward might make whoever found it more curious to see what's in it. She was. that's right. I've got to take the chance now. Let's see, if I hurry, I'll just have time to get an ad in the last edition of the Daily Planet. Get in Mac's cab and go to police headquarters, Jim. I'll meet you there. Hurry now. As Clark Kent decides on a desperate move in an attempt to recover the revealing letter, we find eyebrows and Buster seated in a shabby coffee shop booth with a gray-haired, ferret-faced man who is known to the metropolis underworld as the Fixer. The guy I'm talking about, Fixer, is Clark Kent, a reporter for the Daily Planet. Clark Kent, huh? That's right. You know him, Fixer? Let's see. I know most of the newspaper boys and the cops, too. That's why we came to you. We want to know all about this guy, Kent. Me? I don't want to know nothing about him. Shut up, Buster. Now, what about him, Fixer? Yeah, eyebrows. I know him. Good. What's the lowdown on him? Tell me everything you know. First, you tell me this. You guys in the jam with Kent's paper? No, no, we're not in any trouble, Fixer. Why? I kind of it makes the price different, see? Since you aren't in any trouble, just give me 20 bucks. 20 bucks? That's right. You don't think I'm running a free information bureau, do you? No, of course not. But 20 bucks, why we have Quiet, to... Buster. Here you are, Fixer. This works out okay, the info will be cheap. Uh, just 20 bucks, just throwing in the gutter, that's what it is. I tell you that letter... Quiet, only... I said. Okay, okay, go ahead, throw it away, I don't... Go on, Fixer. Talk. Okay, here's the dope on Kent. He's supposed to be a pretty smart guy. He is, huh? Yeah, he helped the cops crack some pretty big cases around this town, but... Uh, we don't want no part of him. Go on, Fixer. Well, like I said, Kent's supposed to be a pretty smart guy. But he ain't got much moxie. What do you mean? He's, he's yellow? Well, yeah, I guess you might say that. You see, whenever a case he's working on comes to a showdown and there's going to be any shooting, Kent always has business someplace else. Oh, he has, a. Uh... Yeah. Say, you look like I slipped you some bad news. Yeah, it's bad news, all right. Oh, no, it ain't. It's swell news. Come on, eyebrows. Let's get out of here. Yeah, might as well. All right, so long, Fixer. So long, boys. And thanks for the business. Come back anytime you want to know something. Well, eyebrows, you satisfied now that this guy can't date Superman? Especially since Fixer says Kent's a sissy character? Yeah, yeah, it looks like I was wrong, Buster. That it must have been a gag on Kent, like you said. Sure it was. Only he wouldn't listen to me. And now you can't make that big party anymore tonight where there's all that ice and folding money just waiting for a smart pickpocket like you. Yeah, I know, I know. I thought sure I had a million bucks in my hands. I would have, too, if that letter had been on the level. Well, those are the brakes. Yeah, wait. Wait, Buster, I want to take a quick gander at today's paper. Oh, come on. You read the paper in a restaurant. I'm hungry. Just a minute. Uh, Huh? What? Hey, Buster, look. What? What? Hey, look at this big ad on the first page of the Daily Planet. See what it says? How can I see what it says? You know I can't read. Now listen, then. Lost. White envelope. Heavily sealed with red wax. Addressed to Mr. White, Lois, and Jim. Huh? Hey, hey that's the letter I found, ain't it? Yeah. The finder will return the envelope to Clark Kent or Perry White at the Daily Planet unopened. He will receive $1,000 reward. A thousand bucks? No kidding. Hey, you realize what this means, Buster? Do I and how? A thousand bananas. We'll seal that goofy letter up again like it was never opened. And we'll collect a grand from the suckers, huh? You're nuts. We'll collect a million bucks for it. A million? But, but the ad only says a thousand. Never mind that. So far as I'm concerned, this ad practically says Clark Kent is Superman. 
learned that Clark Kent was known to be somewhat cowardly, Eyebrow's confidence was restored when he picked up a late edition of the Daily Planet and read Clark Kent's offer of a $1,000 reward for the return of Superman's letter. Jubilantly, he announced to his companions... But, sir, this ad practically says Clark Kent is Superman. What, what do you mean, Eyebrows? Hey, don't you get it? No. Well, if he isn't Superman, why'd he be offering $1,000 to whoever returned the letter to him unopened? I I don't know, but but he can't be Superman. You heard what the picture says. Kent is yellow. He only said Kent was never around when a case came to the payoff and I was shooting. That's right. That means he's yellow. Maybe. Or else he ducks away so he can come back as Superman. Hey, I never thought of that. Buster, I think that million bucks that flew out of the window just a while ago is flying right back in again. Now, now wait a minute. Wait, look, look. Maybe it looks a little like that, but we ain't got any real proof. No big shot operators will believe us without a hundred percent proof. I know it, but we're going to get the proof. How? I know how. Tonight, Buster, I'll prove that Clark Kent is Superman. His eyes gleaming craftily under their bushy black brows, the pickpocket called eyebrows exultantly claps his baby-faced little companion on the back. Tonight, he says, he will prove that Clark Kent is Superman. What is Eyebrow's plan? Is Superman's cherished secret, one of the most closely guarded secrets in existence, about to be revealed to the underworld? Whatever you do, don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, gang. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is the copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>